Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the episode. Today's episode is all about prayer. Prayer honestly can seem so daunting sometimes. Some people I've had conversations with on prayer have said it has been really boring for them, intimidating as you're talking to the God of the universe, discouraging when you feel like you're just talking to the air, or scary to be vulnerable with knowing that there's a possibility that your prayers won't get answered the way that you want, and then getting disappointed. We've all been there. I've been there. So let's just call it how it is. Prayer is hard. But how is prayer even supposed to be done? I know we have all asked those questions, those type questions, and honestly, it can just seem really daunting and scary and just, what do you do with this? So that's what this episode is going to be about today. I pray and hope that it encourages you guys. I pray that it convicts you, that it will challenge you, make you realize maybe some areas um, that you're struggling with, with discipline or um, struggling with just being honest with God because of that fear of disappointment but also that you would just be encouraged by this episode to see the ways that God just wants to have intimacy with you. I used to think in the beginning of my walk with the Lord as a newbie believer that prayer honestly was just a checklist item. Like if I did prayer, you know, spent time with the Lord, I brought all these things before him, I prayed the scriptures, you know, whatever, check, boom, I'm a good Christian. And as my walk with the Lord began to grow, I started seeing that prayer was a way that I honestly could just pour out my heart before the Lord like no one I've ever shared my heart with. And truly, Jesus is my beloved. He is my best friend. He is the one who knows everything about me, not just because he knows me, but because I literally want to share everything about my life with the Lord. Literally this morning, I was like already thinking in my head, I was like, well, I don't want to say that to God. Like, I don't want to pray that. And then I'm like, what am I thinking? Like God already knows everything I've been thinking about and processing or struggling with or excited but nervous about, you know, like why hold it back from him if he already knows? <laughs> so then I started approaching prayer as a give and take relationship. And the goals that I honestly had with bringing these things to the Lord in prayer had goals attached to it that seemed very worldly. Praying to only get something from God, to have a spiritual stature instead of just meaning to be with God and to have intimacy. Prayer has now become a thing that I love doing. I literally, I record all of my episodes in my war room. And I'm I'm sitting on my floor right now. I'm looking at my board that has a prayer requests for my friends, for my family, for myself. I have um, all of these victorious declarations of scripture that I pray over my life. Um, I have letters that people have written over me that have prayers attached to them. I have quotes by favorite theologians and missionaries. Um, I have a kid that I sponsor, he, a picture of him on my wall. So it's just like I have all these various things on my wall that help me focus on, okay, what is, what's the goal with prayer? Well, the goal with prayer is to be intimate with God. Um, the goal is not to come to the Lord with all of these, God, give me this and this and this and this. You know, like obviously he wants to know the desires of our hearts, but 
he's not a genie either. And I'm going to talk more about that in the later part of this episode. Um, but truly, just to remember that praying really is a time that we get to have intimacy with him. And it's just such a beautiful thing. It really, really is. And I think that's why it's one of my favorite things doing. Um, and I love doing it is because he's my beloved. I just get to spend time with my beloved. Um, and so each morning when I spend time with the Lord, I love starting my time with prayer. Um, I love praying on the way to work. I love praying while I'm at work. I pray in the middle of the night when my heart is heavy and I can't fall asleep. Or maybe I've you know woken up from sleep and I start praying or and um, I love going on prayer walks, especially right now, how springtime is here and the birds are coming out, the flowers are coming out, and you get to just go on these walks with the Lord. And I just love rejoicing in the things he's doing. And so I just want to have a heart that prays without ceasing. And I don't want any of this to come across as boasting. That's not my intention at all. But per usual, my intention with these podcasts is to convict you guys, to encourage you guys, to, as your sister in Christ, to help you know, maybe bring some different thoughts that you've never thought about in regards to your walk with the Lord or to encourage you to be like, okay, wow, I, I'm already doing that. That's pretty cool. You know, just as I want to be challenged in my walk and in my faith. Um, and so I just pray that that's what this episode does. And, and truly prayer, honestly, is just a beautiful way to connect to our father. And it's really helped me grow in reading the word as well. And to just get to know the father's heart. And honestly, the more that I've learned about God, the safer he has become, which has led me to want to talk to him even more because I know him more and I know he wants my best interest and that he is someone I can trust and that it's only come from having intimacy with him and from getting to know him on a deeper level. And I don't believe that would have happened if I hadn't been praying and obviously would not have happened if I was not reading his word. Um, because how are you going to get to know someone if you're not even talking to them, if you're not even reading the words that they have written for you, which is his word, right? So that's why I'm very passionate about prayer. Um, and that's why I'm very, very excited for this episode. So, um, I first want to break down prayer just a little bit though. So the first question is, why do we have such a hard time praying? Praying is so hard because it's a discipline. We are short on discipline. Let's just call it as it is. We are short on discipline. And I'm the first to say I'm very short on discipline. I literally was just praying about this the other day. I was like, Lord, I suck at discipline. (laughs) I do not have a lot of self-control and discipline. And I feel lazy and I need your help in this area. So prayer can be very difficult because for some people, it feels like you're just praying to the air. I've been very guilty of having that mindset literally just a few months ago. I was like, man, I just feel like I'm praying to the air. So don't feel like you're the only one who has these things. Um, but also it can be hard to pray to someone you don't physically see. And on days, you know, when you're praying, you're, you're sitting on your bed, your war room, wherever, and you're just praying and you're just feeling like you're talking to the air. It's hard. It's hard to think, okay, this is someone I'm actually praying to. This is God I'm praying to. Nowadays, another enemy of prayer is boredom. We don't know how to sit still and be still, especially in America. We are such a fast paced culture and we just don't know how to be still. Our mind is constantly going to all sorts of things. We know how to keep our brain entertained the entire day. If you're taking a break at work, you're scrolling on social media. If you're watching TV and there's a commercial, you go and make food. If you're watching your if you're washing your face, you're watching YouTube. Um you know, it 
it makes it hard for us to sit with God and to contemplate prayer for long periods of time because our minds are constantly wandering. And sometimes I'm spending time in prayer and then I'll just stop without even noticing. And then I start daydreaming and 20 minutes have passed and I'm like, oh, wait, I was praying about that one thing, you know. And so we're just in a hustle culture and this is the only place where you are forced to be still. It takes being here in the moment and not just thinking you're talking to the air or to yourself, but it takes a measure of faith to actually think and maybe even imagine that I'm actually talking to the holy divine God who is sitting on the throne, who can hear me, who will respond accordingly, and who actually is listening to me. Like God is listening to you. Isn't that cool? And so sometimes I'll just be sitting on my bed praying and just stop imagining. And yeah, I'll just, I'll sit there and I'll just like, Start imagining, like, what does it look like when his glory fills the room with the robe of his righteousness and with his shining glory? Like, what does that actually look like as Revelation talks about? Um, If my mind is really wandering, I'll grab my prayer journal and jot prayers down that, you know, are are in my head, but it kind of helps my mind to not wander as much. Sometimes I'll just grab the word and start praying through the scriptures. Some Christians struggle with praying because they feel like they're just going to get met with disappointment. They open their heart, and when they don't get what they prayed for, there's the disappointment. They're, they just got let down. Their experience is not what they expected. And honestly, I've really struggled with this one. We treat God like a genie who we give all of our requests to and then say, this is exactly how I want it to be answered. While, yes, you know, God already knows every detail about us, and we are still being bringing everything before him, but we still hold back some things because of the shame, the fear of being disappointed, the fear that he'll close this door. Or if I put on a face that I'm trusting God, then he'll give me what I want. Kind of like the comment that some um, married Christians have made to singles saying, your person will come when you least expect it or when you're not looking. So you try not to look for them so that they come when in reality you're still looking. At this point, we're kind of like spoiled little kids who do things or act a certain way just so we get what we want. We value what God does more than valuing who God is. This give and take relationship with God is not what we are called to have. We sometimes put all this pressure on ourselves to say all the right things, to have it all together when praying to our holy God. When in reality, we should be coming to God just to be with God, to just have a conversation as a son or daughter with our father. We also view prayer as an obligation and a checkoff list. I've been guilty of my flesh tricking me into thinking that prayer is a waste of time because I'm I'm fine on my own. You know, an event comes and goes and it went okay. And then my flesh tries to trick me into thinking that prayer wasn't as crucial as I thought because that event went well or meaning that person went well or whatever. And then I just start thinking like, oh, I can just get things done on my own. Like I don't need God. There are times that people may only pray as crisis enters their life, and that's not being devoted to prayer either. A short, now I lay my head down to sleep prayer at the end of the day is probably not being devoted prayer. Help me find a parking spot, Lord, is not being devoted prayer. And all these things are good, but I think we would agree that Paul expects something more and different from followers of Christ when he says, be devoted to prayer. I mean, of all the people, Jesus expects more. He Like I said, again and again, he just desires that intimacy with us. So like none of those things of praying for a parking spot, praying for sleep, you know, those are good things. We are to pray without ceasing. But if the only intention is, you know, I'm checking off this list or I'm being a good Christian, 
then you're not being devoted to prayer in those things. So there are many reasons why people don't like praying or have a hard time with it, but these are just a few common ones that I have heard or that I have personally experienced. So the bottom line is this. You've got to pursue prayer, first and foremost, as a discipline, not as an experience. Let me say that again for the people in the back, okay? <laughs> you got to first and foremost, as a discipline, not an experience to approach prayer, okay? So the devil literally hates prayer because this is a way that we are communicating to God. God communicates to us through his word, but this is the way we get to communicate to God. And our own flesh does not naturally love it. Therefore, it does not come to us full-born and complete and passionate sides of our heart. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Sure, there, there are those times where it's like, oh, wow, I get to spend time with the Lord today. Like, I get to pray. And if that's your mentality all the time, I'm so proud of you. That's great. But I know most of us, I'm guilty of it, we do not approach it in that way. Prayer sometimes becomes a burden. And like I said, there are those times like literally this morning, I was like so excited to spend time in prayer. Well, a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray, but help my heart, you know? And so our flesh just does not naturally love it. And it really does take a renewed discipline. And you've got to pursue it as a way to have intimacy with the king of the universe instead of it becoming an experience. You know, God spoke this to me and I, sh I saw this image or, you know, whatever. And, and nothing bad with those things. But if that's the only reason you're approaching prayer, you might want to reevaluate your heart. Prayer helps us to stay alert. And there's a battle on earth between our flesh and the ruler of this world with the kingdom of light. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So do we approach prayer as a tool being used for the battle? So many of our prayers are ones that are small and simple, as if we don't believe we're praying to our great big God. Do we believe the Lord is actually listening to us? I think if we actually believed that, we would pray bigger, bolder prayers. Like if we just imagine sitting there, wow, as I'm speaking these words right now, God is listening to me. So Psalm 34, 17 through 18 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And Psalm 62, 5 through 8 says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor comes from God alone. He is my refuge in a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Even with the fear of prayer not being answered and that leading to disappointment, we can turn to the scripture with those who fear with those fears, like Romans 5.3 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And that's something I've had to remind my heart, especially lately, because I applied for something um, a few months ago, and I got the answer about a month ago that I wasn't accepted into this program. And it was really hard because I actually had felt like God had personally spoken to me that I was going to get accepted. Like I even remember praying in my room 
And I was just standing in my corner, like the corner of my room. And I just started bawling my eyes out because I felt like the Lord so clearly told me, you are going to get accepted. So when I received that letter and I, I didn't get accepted, I was like, Lord, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I just feel like I'm disappointed again and again and again, especially over the last six months. So many things that I thought God spoke to me or God was leading me in or, you know, whatever, the doors closed. And so that's where I just have to always come back to this spot is that God is going to rescue me from my troubles. He does help me in my hope. Uh, he does help me when I feel hopeless and he is going to lead me away from disappointment. But it's not always going to be in the way that I think or that I think is what's best for me. He sees until the end. He sees why he closed the door or why he even opened a door. But I just have to trust him even in that. So even if it looks like a prayer was not answered, trust me, that prayer was answered. Maybe not the way that you wanted or you expected or like me thought you heard God say was going to be answered in that way. God knows what he's doing and we have to trust him in that. So much prayer has an intertwined relationship with God. When you pray, how you pray, where you pray, and what you pray, it all depends on what you know of God in the scriptures and the relationship you have with him. That's why I said in the beginning of the episode that I feel like I can share everything with him now, that I can have intimacy, that I can trust him because I've actually gotten to know him. And how are you going to get to know him if you are not reading his word and if you're not praying? Jackie Hill Perry said, if I'm a person who prays but doesn't read the Bible, then even if God answers the prayers, I don't have a framework or the discernment to figure out the answer myself. You pray and you don't have any context for the answer, which is in the scriptures. We won't even know the character of God to know how to communicate to him in the first place. Praying and reading the Bible are intertwined. So that's why I keep repeating myself and saying you have to read his word. You have to be able to pray and have that intimacy with him. Because then even if he gives you those answers to your prayers, but you're not reading his word, how are you going to have discernment that that was from God? Why should we pray? Another big question that people tend to ask. So prayer is a place for meeting God with our deepest heartaches, fears, and prayer is also a place for meeting God with your highest joys and thanks. John Piper once said, if you will not know what prayer is for until you know that life is a war. The battlefront is way out there. But here in my tiny bubble of peace and contentment, all is well. So one of the great obstacles to praying is that life is just too routinely smooth for many of us. Our eyes need to be open to see and feel the needs around us and the great potential of prayer. For us to realize how powerful prayer is and approach it because you know it's powerful. So being devoted to prayer. If we are not devoted to prayer, we are being disobedient to the scriptures. And that is foolish and dangerous. Another quote from Desiring God says, If prayer doesn't come easily to you, consider yourself normally fallen and sinful with the rest of us, which means you need to fight for it. Don't let your sins, weaknesses, and worldly inclinations rule you. We are constantly chasing after the original lie from the garden that we can be our own God, but prayer replaces control with trust in God. So when it comes to prayer, I have really wrestled with the idea that I want to trust God and trust his control, but I also want to be honest and vulnerable with God. And knowing that there are many Bible stories where they change God's mind through prayer has made me question many times, how much should I pray about this one thing if God's mind can be changed? The thoughts of, if I pray for healing in this person or for direction and an open door in this area of my life, but you're not going to answer in that way, then why pray? Those are two different things. 
you know, the one of wanting to change God's mind. But then also, if God's mind is already made up, why even pray? But the Lord has showed me over the last year that prayer is made for intimacy. And yes, I am to be honest with God and pour out my heart before him. But also, I've missed the bigger picture if I'm just approaching prayer for these reasons of wanting to change his mind or um, not coming to prayer because he's already made up his mind. So why even pray? God is the God of the whole earth and all the nations and all of history and all of life, culture, and all the universe from one end of the galaxies to the other. Each of us were created to have a significant place in that great scheme, which means he knows what he's doing. And he is powerful, he's mighty, so why do we not trust him? We are to bring our request to God. And not just out of a heart of wanting to change his mind, but out of a heart of wanting to intimately share your heart with the beloved. You know, what if you are praying for healing for a family member and this family member eventually dies and you get angry because you're like, Lord, I prayed and I was hoping to change your mind. Why did you still let this person die? You don't know why God allowed that person to pass on. And this isn't an easy subject and I don't want it to seem like I'm just bypassing this and saying, suck it up, buttercup. But what I'm saying is that we can't see the bigger picture. God is outside of time. He is outside of our little fickle brains, right? Like he is the one who is in the midst of the things that are happening now. And he is in the midst of the things that will happen in the future. And so though we may not understand or ever understand while we're here on earth as to why a prayer was not answered, that's where trusting God comes in. And that's where your faith comes in. Because even though you may not see the answer, God knows exactly why he didn't allow that healing to happen or why that door was closed or why he took that person out of your life. And that's where trusting God really has to come in. John Piper once said, God acts when we pray and he can do more in five seconds than we can do in five years. So prayer can make your work 5,000 times more fruitful than you can make it alone. And we just need to have a heart that checks out of a place of wanting to honor the Lord and isn't self-seeking like what they had in the garden. With being honest with God, I also want to pray the prayer of, Father, cause your name to be hallowed in my life and through my life, like the Lord's prayer when it says, hallowed be your name. I desire to make him my life and make him in the way of just reverencing his name and loving his name and praising and honor, cherishing, treasuring, and glorifying his name. Realizing that sometimes God hasn't answered our prayers in the way that we desire or think, because he sees the bigger picture, like I said, and because he wants deeper intimacy with us. Sometimes he does close a door or take someone out of your life because he knows it's going to make you want to draw closer to him. I remember even when my breakup happened about six months ago, man, I was desperate for the Lord. And I turned to the Lord so much in that time because I was heartbroken. And now that I look back on that time, I can thank the Lord with so much joy because I realized, okay, God, you allowed that to happen for who knows why. You know, I, I have several suspicions um, and I'm sure there, there are many more reasons as to why he didn't allow that relationship to continue forward. But a big reason is he just wanted intimacy with me, I really believe. And that is so, so beautiful. And so we can thank God when our prayers are not answered because who knows why they weren't answered, but we can now have a deeper intimacy with him and just be able to spend more time with him because of that prayer not being answered or because of that prayer being answered. It could go both ways. It honestly brings us deeper into his word and grows our heart closer to him. And in suffering, we go through sanctification and become more like Christ. So even though 
like I said, you know, a prayer hasn't been answered in your life. It's part of the sanctification process. And that's just something that we can thank the Lord for. You know, I truly think about Jesus' prayer in the garden um, when, you know, he was praying in Matthew 26, 39 in the garden of Gethsemane. And he literally fell on his face and prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And I truly love this prayer because Jesus prayed because even though the father's will meant that he would still have to go to the cross, he still asked for this cup to be, you know, gone from him, to pass away from him. And so I just, I'm being moved from that that mindset of, oh, I want to change his mind or, oh, he didn't answer that prayer to, okay, Lord, I don't have to have my life together and I don't need to understand why you do certain things. I don't need to do even things to look like a good Christian so that you bless me or whatever, but I'm going to come to you with my rags and my riches, my joy and my mourning because you give beauty from ashes. Praying keeps us alert. It keeps us sober-minded. It guards us against temptation. It releases our fears and frustrations. And perhaps most significantly of all, prayer fights the enemy. So exposing yourself before God in the midst of your failure is the only way to receive the unconditional love that is being offered to you. So come to him, all who are heavy laden, and he will give you rest, as Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says. There are many more reasons as to why we should pray, but now I want to cover some basics for how you should pray. Desiring God says being devoted to prayer will mean that you come to God often desperate and often delighted. I love that. Be desperate and delighted. Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray when he prays the Lord's Prayer. He starts by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So how does he teach them? By looking at who God is in relationship to us. Where is he seated? He's in heaven. What does that mean? It means he is transcendent, and I shouldn't approach him like a regular person because he is holy. That all changes how you pray. It means he is to be valued, respected, and yet he's in heaven. He's also your father. He's transcending yet personal. So I like taking verses from the Bible and then praying those because you're speaking his words, which are sound, right, and holy. One verse I've been praying is Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, which says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, and then according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And um, I put a little question box out a few minutes, a few months ago about prayer on my Instagram. And I asked people, you know, if you have any questions about prayer, let me know. And one person asked, do we have to bow our heads and close our eyes when we pray? My answer is no, you don't have to. Um, that seems very legalistic to me in a way like, you have to, you know, wear this when you pray or you have to do this. Um, but we are talking to the Holy God and I believe we are to come to him with reverence and with awe. And so if that means you're getting down on your hands and your knees and your hands are out in full surrender to him, do that. If that means your eyes are closed um, and it helps you with distractions, do that. You know, if you need to um, sit on your hands or 
fold your hands like when we're little kids we're taught that way or um you know whatever that's gonna help you to be in reverence towards christ and and to see him as that holy god then do that you know sometimes i'll come in my room and i'll just have a worship session with god i'll turn on worship music and i'll just honestly fall to my knees and i'll just sing and pray and cry and laugh on my face um because in those times it's such a holy moment and all i can do is fall on my knees and so it's not i don't personally think it's a thing that's like you have to bow your head and close your eyes and da 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 you know but it's it's what where's your heart posture and what is going to help you see god as his holy um as his holy self so but also memorizing scripture and praying them often is truly a beautiful way um, to just meditate on his word. Um, I know for myself when I'm really struggling with loving someone, like from work or family member or whatever, um, and I'm having a hard day, or I just feel like I'm bogged down with life, then these verses I've memorized will just come to mind sometimes when I'm praying. And then I can pray them. And that sometimes then leads me to then thanking God for the things that he's given me, um, thanking him for that person that's annoying me, or, you know, it leads me to feeling his peace and joy and contentment. Other ways to see how we can pray is found in scripture. For example, like in Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Um, Matthew 6, 5 and 6 says to pray privately. Uh, Verses 7 and 8 says to pray genuinely by praying personally, earnestly, honestly, and reverently. Um, Matthew 6, 9 through 13 says to pray with variety. So these are just some some ways to help you um, with praying that scripture talks about. So even at Jesus' darkest moments, when he, you know, was in the Garden of Gethsemane or in the wilderness when the enemy was trying to tempt him, he kept turning to the Father. And I honestly think that is just the most beautiful example of what prayer is. Honesty and turning to God with the most desperate heart, just bowing before him, these are all examples as to what prayer should look like but always come back to the place of praying for the father's will to be done above yours like what jesus prayed when he was in the garden so let us not forget that in all of this that you know we we need to have this focus that christ who was on the cross who died in the place of our sins is the foundation of all prayer And there will be no acceptable answer as to why or how a Christian should pray if Christ had not died in our place. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name, because he is our foundation. So in another way of praying is making sure your mind is not in the place where you feel like you're just praying to the air, like I talked about um, previously. And one thing that really inspired me was Exodus 33, 11, which says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. So how your prayer life will change when you change your perspective to checking off a box or feeling like you're praying to the air to the one that is like Moses had, like his perspective that he had, which is speaking to the Lord as one speaks to a friend. So whenever I spend time with the Lord, I now have to have an intentional mindset that I'm praying that, you know, Lord, I want you to be my best friend. So be evident in this time with me this morning and throughout the day. You are here with me right now, but help my heart to see you in a new way. 
And I have to be intentionally remembering that Jesus isn't just a historical figure, as many say, but he is an actual person. God isn't just a supreme being or someone in the sky, but he is my father. And I'm not praying to the air. Jesus is to be related to, trusted, and spoken to and listened to. Jesus is not a concept. And I get to find joy in spending this prayer time with him. I don't believe your prayer life will change until you get straight with who Jesus actually is. And that's why I talked in the beginning of this episode to really get to know God's heart. Because that will transform your prayer life. How crucial it is that we meet with God alone through Jesus Christ. But also, there is no Christianity without a personal trust and communion with God through Jesus. But I think that praying in the assembly of other believers is more neglected than praying alone, but is just as as important as praying alone. Being devoted to prayer in the New Testament surely included praying with God's people. So how are you doing this? Acts 12, 12, when Peter got out of prison, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark where many were gathered together and were praying. So prayer meetings were normal, and I think this needs to be a normal thing within the church. The Father wants to meet with us at all times, you know, personally, in the car, at work, whatever. But he also wants to meet with us when we are together in the body. So if you are devoted to prayer, you will have times when you linger for a long time in prayer with the Lord, and it will be such a sweet time of intimacy. But be devoted to prayer in desperation and delight fasting and feasting not either or and but let it be more so a both and kind of situation if you are like me and you find that from time to time you pray and it's just kind of like a jolt out of this rut you're falling into like we tend to use the same phrases over and over again or we tend to default to worn out phrases if you are only free in your prayers then you will probably become shallow and trite But if you were only formed in your prayers, you will probably become mechanical and hollow. So both ways are praying and important. Not either or or both and with that as well. And you have to have so many needs that they tumble out freely without any present form, which is good. Without this, it is doubtful that we have any true relation with Christ at all. So can you really imagine a marriage or a friendship where all communication is read from books or spoken only in memorized texts or only when you think of them? that relationship would not end well. (laughs) Jackie Hill Perry said, when we try waiting on God and then say, I don't know if he'll do what I'm asking, so I'll do it, is now a place of control. The temptation to be productive over being prayerful has the root of impatience. So this is my effort to sketch out what it means to be devoted to prayer without a narrow my way or the highway mentality. I never want to come across as legalistic and it needs to look this way, otherwise you're doing a bad job. We are all very different. Our schedules are different. Our families are different. Our backgrounds are different. We are all in different stages of life with different personalities, but we are also on different levels of spirituality and that spiritual maturity, and no one matures overnight. So what you may be doing in five years as your devotion prayer may look different in, you know, five years ahead from now. Like, all seasons are going to look so different. Um... Paul loves to write to the churches and say that you are doing well, but do so, so much more, which is in Philippians 1, 9, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1, and verse 10, as well as many other places. And I think that can apply in our devotion to prayer as well, is, you know, you're doing so much more, 
but we can do more, right? And not being a legalistic place of, I need to do more to be a good Christian, but I want to do more because I want to grow in my relationship with Christ. I don't want it to stay stagnant and where it is, but I constantly want to be growing in love with the Lord and in his character and in the knowledge of his word. If we are devoted to prayer, we will pray spontaneously through the day without ceasing, as Paul says, and have a constant spirit of communication with Christ, walking by the Spirit and knowing Him as a continual personal presence in our life. So no plan will govern what you speak to Him, and it will only happen dozens of times in the day, which is normal and good. That, truly, in my mind, is being devoted to prayer. Literally just praying whenever you can, about whatever, whenever, wherever that is being devoted to prayer. I want to leave you all with these questions that I read off of Desiring God when studying for this episode that had me thinking about prayer, and I pray that it convicts and challenges you as well. What are you praying over and over to God in the name of Jesus that he will make of your life? What are you asking God to make of you in your time on this earth? What part of God's presence revealed in the Bible has captured your imagination and became a passion for you so that you take hold of God day after day and ask him to use you in it. What thing do I want God to do so much that it is there in my praise, in my prayers every day? In what ways am I reflecting on the character of God? So I pray that convicts you guys, it challenges you. If you have any questions in regards to prayer, um, or if there was something in this episode you disagreed with, please DM me at convos with Kayla on Instagram. And I would love to talk about prayer with you guys. Um, and yeah, truly prayer is just a beautiful thing. And I pray that you guys, haha, pray. Um, I hope <laughs> that you guys can see it as a beautiful thing as well. And truly just come to the father with intimacy and just a deep desire to know him more. So I hope you guys have a great day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.